Amen. The song goes on to say that my life is not my own. It belongs to God. The whole reason why I exist is because God has put me here. He's given me life, and I'm grateful for that. Amen. And you should be too. Amen. We are here because of his grace and mercy. So thankful for the opportunity to be in the house of God once again. Thankful for the opportunity to be here and have this opportunity to bring forth another lesson for the discipleship training. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. I do believe that God has some things that he wants to say today. Along the lines, we're talking about restoring life to the body. And we brought out some things over the last few weeks that uh, we talked about this. Basically, bringing life to the body. God did not intend for the church to just get by and survive. My Bible tells me that we are more than conquerors. It says we are overcomers. Amen. So we're not just surviving. We're just not trying to keep our head above the water. But the Bible lets me know that we have the victory in him. Amen. Do y'all believe that? Come on, somebody. Praise God. We don't serve a dead God. Our God is not defeated. The enemy has tried many times. But he is no match for God. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Amen. There's none like him. And because of him, I have life and I have power. Amen. And I am victorious today. And so are you. If you have him dwelling inside of you, that means you have power inside of you. Amen. The Bible says you shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost. All right now. So if you've got power, then you've got to walk in that power. Amen. Got too many demons around here trying to intimidate the body of Christ. But the devil is a liar. Amen. He's given us power. I don't know if y'all believe that today, but that's what the word of God tells me. I've got power. Amen. That means I can tread among serpents. I can cast out demons. Amen. All I got to do is resist the devil. The Bible tells me that he will do what? Mm, we got some folks running from the devil, but I'm here to let you know, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you don't need to run any further. You put the enemy to flight. Amen. Today, we're talking about avoiding earthly distractions and maintaining spiritual dedication, avoiding earthly distractions and maintaining spiritual dedication. Just have a few things that we're going to talk about today along those lines galatians chapter 5 is where we will begin verse 16 galatians chapter 5 beginning with verse 16 if you would be attentive to the word of god and what he has to say i believe that god is going to bless your heart and your soul god is looking for his people to rise up and i'm not talking about a physical revolution but He's looking for his people to rise up in this day and age, looking for someone that will take a stand. Amen. That will stand out. Amen. Avoiding earthly distractions, maintaining spiritual dedication. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, This I say then, 
Walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, he says, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But look at what he says in verse 18. If ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Please understand that by being led by the Spirit, the law is automatic. Amen. You're not bound by the law. The law is something that becomes a part of you because you are being led by the Spirit. Look at what he says. The works of the flesh are manifest. They are revealed, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, but in case you forgot, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Please understand that the Bible is revealing to us the works of the flesh. And he lists those things out, talking about adultery and fornication and hatred and variance. If you look around in our society today, we have, we have a whole lot of chaos and confusion going on. It's, it's amazing to me the amount of hatred that's being expressed in our society today. I was just watching earlier this week four teenagers that were sitting around and they were torturing, they kidnapped and tortured a uh, special needs uh, teenager. And it was for no reason other than just to make a racial statement and because they had a certain opinion about uh, the elected president. But what kind of hatred would cause you to tie up and bound a special needs teenager and then and then beat up on him? Four teenagers that did this horrific act. This is the society that we are living in. This is the works of the flesh. Murders, drunkenness, you can't get folks to stay sober anymore. The first opportunity that they get, they're going out and they're trying to find some alcohol to drink. And a lot of them are just drinking to escape the pressures of life. Only to realize that when they come down off of that high, they have to go back into the same cycle that they try to escape from. Idolatry. One of the biggest idols that we have in our society today is money. They say money makes the world go around. But please understand that the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. You want to know why family members are killing one another? Because of money. Some folks are just greedy. They're not satisfied with what they have. They've got to have more and whatever it takes. Drug dealers don't have any regards for family members anymore. They will kill you if you get in the way of them making money. Amen. But we have all of these things going on, fornication. Folks don't know how to stop sleeping with one another. 
Nobody want to get married and be committed, but everybody want to just shack up. Let me try it out for a moment. Well, y'all can get quiet, but this is the truth. This is what's happening. But what concerns me is not just that it's happening in the world. Like I always say, when we start seeing these things creep into the church, we've got some issues. When we start seeing the body of Christ exhibit these kind of behaviors, we've got some problems. But notice what the Word of God says. It's the works of the flesh. So how can we be a church if we're not being led of the Spirit? Because if you're being led of the Spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look at what it says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We got some impatient folks. Nobody want to long-suffer. Microwave generation. God, you need to do this now. I need this right now, and if you don't do it now, I'm going to find a way to make this happen myself. Gentleness. Never seen so many rude, brass individuals in the church. Folks can't even go out and witness half decent, putting the people down before they even get them in the, in the church doors. Now, why are y'all looking at me like I'm crazy? This is what's going on. Is it all right if I teach the truth? Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh Look at that. With the affections and lusts, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We know that when we were first created, the Bible tells us in Genesis that we were created in the image of God. And that means that there were some characteristics that God gave us that was like unto him. Being able to feel and to experience those emotions, you find that there are times throughout the scripture that God even felt some things. He got angry sometimes. He, he was compassionate. There were some things that he felt toward his creation. And so we were patterned in that way. But there's one thing that differentiates us from God, and that's the fact that we are in the flesh. The Bible lets us know that the flesh was designed or developed from the earth. So it's no wonder why the flesh desires earthly things. Amen? We also like to use the word carnal. Earthly, material. Earthly matters are natural matters. Now the root word to natural is nature. This is how I, I, I found this very interesting. This is how Merriam-Webster defines the word nature. Nature is defined as the physical world. And everything in it, plants, animals, mountains, oceans, stars, all of those things that is not made by people. This is how Merriam-Webster defines this. 
says the earth is a member of the natural or physical world. Now, everything in the natural world is temporal because it exists within the dimension of time. Those are the first two things that you find in the beginning, God. There's two things that stands out to me with those four words. It's the introduction of time in this life, in this galaxy, in this world as we know it, and the authority of God. In the beginning, God. So now time was introduced. Amen. And so the world that we live in is in a dimension of time, the natural world. Y'all with me? Spiritual matters are supernatural matters. So supernature or supernatural is defined as things that are unable to be explained by science or the laws of nature. This is Merriam-Webster's definition of supernatural. Things that can't be explained by science or the natural says, of or relating to or seeming to come from magic, a god, etc. Relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. Of or relating to God or a god, demigod, spirit, or devil. Everything in the supernatural world is eternal because it exists in a timeless dimension. Now just try to wrap your mind around that. Everything we know is about time. When we're looking and we're trying to accomplish something, one of the things we start looking at is how much time we have left. Some folks come in the church and when the preachers start preaching too long, folks want to look at the clock to see how long he's been preaching. What time is it? Is it time for me to go? I've got something else to do with my time. You can tell when you're running late for something because everything is governed by time. And then when you're really busy in life and, you know, there's things that you could be committing to, you turn around and you say, well, I really don't have the, I ain't got time to go to church every Sunday. I ain't got time to give my life to God. I ain't got time to get up in the morning and and read a few verses out of the Bible. I don't have time to get on my knees and pray and talk to the Lord. But I got time to beg him when I need something from him. Huh? I got time to go see the pastor when I got a problem, but I don't have time to sit and listen to what the man of God is saying that's going to benefit my soul. Y'all with me? Everything we know and we recognize in this life is governed by time. God set that in motion. But before time came, God was there. Can you imagine... What it's like to live in a timeless dimension. I was talking about this Wednesday night, just this uh, past week. To try to figure out the beginning of life, you would have to figure out the beginning of God because he is the source of life. 
And if it were possible that something came before God, then you would have to figure out what the beginning of what that was. In the process of deduction, you still would come to no conclusion. It's an endless cycle because you'd always be asking the same question. Well, what came before that? And what came before that? Because you're talking about the existence of life. Life had no beginning. It just was. But we know that there's no other evidence than knowing that God, in the beginning, God. He was there the whole time. And he says multiple times, there's none beside me. You look in the book of Isaiah and he'll let you know, there was none beside me. There's none like me. There's none beside me. There's none before me. Just in case you're confused, I'm letting you know. That's why he was able to say, I am. Just know that I am. I am here. I exist. I've always existed and I will always be here. I am. So trying to understand timeless dimension, it's the difference between the earthly and the heavenly or the natural. It's the relevance of this information. The church needs to understand that God does not intend for us to put our investments in the things of this physical world. That was not his intent. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. What did he say? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? Ah. We can't see it, right? Moth and rust, you don't have to worry about moths eating up whatever God has for you on the heavenly side. There's no rusting. You heard about those streets that were paved with gold. I can guarantee you all the metals that exist in heaven, it ain't going to rust. And thieves can't break in and steal. You know, you got some folks that's so worried, so concerned. The richer you are, you got some folks, the richer, the more money they have, the more worried they are about keeping the money that they have. I got to make sure my stuff is safe. So now I got to disperse it in 10 different banks just to make sure I don't put all my ducks in one basket. I got to put so many security measures just to make sure. And then I got to put security on the security measures just to make sure I got a backup. He says, but lay not up for yourselves treasures on this earth, the natural things. While it is okay to have and use the things that God provides for us here on this earth, we must not become so entangled with the things of this physical world that we lose sight of our spiritual calling. We must not allow the things of this life to become a distraction. Remember, we are called by the Spirit of God to be spiritual children of God in a natural world. That's what it comes down to. You have been called by God to be a child of God in this natural world. John fifteen nineteen says, if you were of the world, he's talking to his disciples here, and he lets them know. He says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. 
But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of. Y'all see that? Chosen you where? Out of the world. Therefore, the world can't stand you. Acts 2 and 40. I know I'm going through these scriptures kind of quick, but I want to make sure I get through as many points as I can on this particular lesson. Acts 2 and 40 says, and with many other words, Peter's talking, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from what? This untoward generation. And that's why Peter was able to say in 1 Peter 2 and 9, he says, you are chosen. Who chose you? God called you out. He says, you're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Uh, holy. We don't want to talk about that word holy. A holy nation. You're strange. You're a peculiar people to the world. Because God has called you out of that world. Y'all with me? Because they can't comprehend, they can't explain the supernatural things that you're experiencing in your life. Because the life that you're living is now in the spiritual dimension. Come on now. You're no longer living according to the natural did we not explain and define what the word natural meant? So now when God calls you out, he calls you and you're living a transcendent life to this earthly life. He says that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He has called you out of a dark World. The problem with some of us is that we're so busy trying to fit in with the world that we forget we were given the light of Christ to help draw people out of the world. Popularity, fame, affirmation from the world just means that you are giving the world what they want and not necessarily what they need. Now, I've heard many Christians make this statement. You don't want to be so spiritual that you're not any earthly good. I beg to differ because with the condition of the world that we are living in now, I need all the spirituality I can get. I'm not trying to be earthly, just earthly good. I'm trying to be godly and holy. And the most, most of the time when people make that statement, it's because you're making them feel uncomfortable with where you're trying to go in God. Well, they don't take all that. Well, for me, it takes all of that because I'm trying to give myself, my whole self to God. You can be satisfied giving 50 percent and 25 percent if that's what you're comfortable with. But for me, I decide that I'm going to give everything to God, whatever part he wants to use. That's what I want him to use. If you are uncomfortable, then I guess you need to get to stepping. The intent is not to make anyone uncomfortable, but by me choosing to serve God with my whole being, I know just like what he told the disciples. There are some folks that's going to hate you. Why? Because they're not living in the right world. 
some folks trying to fit in. The reason why the world is in its current condition is because people are too blinded by the material aspect of life to properly discern the spiritual source that's wreaking havoc. People don't even understand that the reason why there's so much violence is not the people that they see, but it's the spiritual influence behind what they see. That's why we should be able as children of God to look at folks in the world and not look at them as our enemy. Paul lets us know that the nature of our warfare is not carnal. It's spiritual. We're fighting against principalities. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're up against. Those poor souls are just lost. They are so blinded. In fact, I believe uh, the, the one scripture that talks about the God of this world that has blinded their minds. They can't even see the gospel. The light of the gospel because the God of this world has blinded. There it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 3 through 4, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. If I'm going to overcome the distractions of this world, I need all the spirituality I can get. First John, listen to this. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I'm a, I'm a Wait till this comes up on the screen. I encourage you, if you don't have your Bibles, don't get used to just looking at that screen. You need to have your sword. Amen. You can't go into battle without a sword and expect to use your partner's sword. He got to fight a battle on his own. You need to bring your sword. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's what the enemy wants is for you to catch you slipping. Is if you ain't got the word, that means you vulnerable. What does it say in verse 1? It says, but beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into. you got to know what spirit you're dealing with. The Bible lets us know that Satan can transform himself into an angel. Of light. I've said it before. I say it again. I believe, you know, there are angels. I believe in God's angels. I believe there are demons and and all that. But you got to know what you're dealing with. You better watch when you got a bunch of angels talking to you, and that's all. You ain't hearing God's voice. You just hearing angels. You better know who's talking to you. But in order to do that. Look at what it says in John. He says in verse 2, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And look at what he says. And even now already is it in it's already there. Folks looking for this ugly little beast, you know, that 
in, in Revelation, you, you know the spirit of it. You know what the spirit is, right? <laughs> You're looking for the manifestation, but the spirit is already. And ladies and gentlemen, he's creeping up in the church. Sitting next to some of God's people. I was looking, I just came across this um, this past week, actually, and I was just kind of, I was like, what is this? It was an ex-pastor. And he had, you know, just listened to a short part of it, but he, he goes on to say that, yes, he says, you know, I, I, I know that y'all, y'all heard me preaching from the Bible and, you know, y- y- you saw me praying for folks and, and we were just having church and, you know, you saw me pastoring and, and I believed all this stuff. And, you know, he says, but I've had this new revelation. He said, I, 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 I've learned something. He said, I haven't changed, but I've learned something. He says, the Bible is not true. None of the characters, he goes on this, he says, none of the characters in the Bible, and he starts listing all the names, Noah, Moses, Jesus, he names all of them, he says, they don't exist. If you think for a second that just because you've been in church for a while and you've been you know, used and so on and so forth, that the enemy is not coming for you. He don't, he is not a respect. If you trying to live for God, you're a target. It don't matter what your position is. And to go from a position like that, where you are praying for folks and you are, you are being used to impact the lives of people, Preaching the word of God and then to go and denounce everything. That's the spirit of Antichrist. That was disturbing to me because then I began to think about, well, what was it then that convinced you that that was the truth to begin with? What was it that caused you to pursue so much that you would even get to that point to be used of God and then all of a sudden you just drop everything? How can you even be so sure at that point? Me and my wife, we were talking just the other week, talking about folks who, it says, how do you know? When God turns you over to a reprobated mind. And the sad thing is, God forbid, if you ever find yourself in that predicament, you would never know. Because a reprobated mind is one that will look at things that are wrong as if they're right and embrace it as such. That's why you got folks, pedophiles, who don't see anything wrong with the behavior that they're doing because their minds are reprobate. And being in a mindset like that, do you even think that you're going to come to a point of repentance? How can you when you see things that are wrong as right? Twisted 
mindset. What disturbs me, again, I, you know, the world is going to be the world. I understand. The Bible lets us know that the world is, they are who they are. They're living in darkness. They're blinded. They don't know any better. But when God's people, when, you know, this, uh, this is something in my spirit. When folks are quick to talk about I'm a Christian, I have an issue with that. I'm a child of God, but then I don't want to walk according to God's word. I'm a child of God, but I'll pick and choose what's relevant to me from God's word. Come on, y'all. Y'all can look at me. You can be quiet, but this is what we're dealing with. And it's no wonder why we can't get folks to clap their hands and worship in the church because they're so bound and blinded by the things of this world that they're not realizing where God is trying to call them out of and into. Calling them out of darkness into, but if you're picking and choosing, I guess you won't get there. Can I ask you a question? When it's time for judgment... Are you going to pick and choose what part of heaven and what part of hell you want? I don't think anybody wants any part of hell. But if you don't want a part of hell, then you need to do what the Bible says to get to heaven. Come on, y'all. We are living in a time and in a society where the church, the definition and the relevance of church is losing. Because folks don't want to live the life. You know what? Some folks can't become spiritually dedicated because they have become carnally infatuated. They become attracted to the idea of living for God, but they haven't become committed. We'll accept holiness as a suggestion, but not a requirement. Righteousness is a recommendation, but it's not a requirement. Truth must be tailored because we're not willing to tailor ourselves to the truth. I refuse to stand before God's people and just bite my tongue to skirt around so nobody gets offended by the truth. The word of God is the word of God, whether you like it or not. It's God's word. Amen. It stands on its own. I don't need to defend it. It is what it is. And we can choose to listen and obey it or reject it. That's your choice. But the word of God still stands. Yes, it comes across strong sometimes, but that's because that's how much God loves us. He's willing to tell us the strong truth so that we can be stronger in him. So we can. You can't be weak in the faith and then expect to overcome the enemy. Do you not know the enemy knows the word of God better than you? Oh, that joker been around for quite some time, messing with people's lives. But thank God for the power of God. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, you want faith? You got to get it from the Word. 
You want to build your faith? You got to stay in the. Second Timothy, chapter three, verses one through five. We have to be careful, brothers and sisters. You know, we can't afford to play church. Listen, if you I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you're going to take the time to come to church, you're going to get yourself dressed to to come to church and dress appropriately for what you think is presentable in the church, in the house of God, then you might as well come with a purpose. You come with the mindset that you're doing God a favor, you are wasting your time. You come just because you want to be seen or you want somebody, you want to see somebody else. You should be coming looking for Jesus. Amen. I every time, you know, coming to the house of God, that's the way I look at it. I'm coming to his house. Now, you know, good and well, if somebody come to your house, you know, it don't matter what they do in their home. You can't tell everybody to make yourself at home. You just you got to be careful who you tell that to, because some folks. (laughs) Your home may not be recognizable after they leave. (laughs) But when they come in your house, they recognize that they are in somebody else's domain. When I come into the house of God, when I come into the church, that's why I say it's a privilege. Thank God I'm able to even be here. Because I'm only here because he called and choked. Mm. If it had not been for him, I wouldn't be here. Not here because I'm somebody great. But by the grace of God. Listen what it says, Timothy, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. This is all intentional. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Look at this next verse. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Let Let me, I just want to point this out. Me and my wife, we, you know, been to a couple of places and We've interacted with a couple of different ministries over the time. And you'd be surprised, or you might not at this point. I mean, especially when we got folks getting their profits degree online for $59.99. But you have folks who are being deceived. I will never forget it. We We were at the meeting. We were in the chapel. And so we've always tried to, you know, as much as we could support the chapel services that were somewhat similar. You know, they 
we'd have to check them out to know. And um, and so we were at this one particular place, and and there's this prophet there, and he goes and he's laying hands on folks, and and I'm not saying it was gen, it, it wasn't genuine, but when he came to me and my wife, I picked up on something that wasn't right spiritually. And he began to lay his hands on me and 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 I could feel him trying to push me back, but there was something spiritual going on. All I could do was just speak in tongues. And the louder he got, it was like I was just speaking in tongues. I don't know what was going on, but finally he just let go. I said, Well, we know that ain't right. There are a lot of folks who are being bamboozled, being deceived by folks who, and this is very sad that we are at this point where people don't even reverence God enough not to play around. I'm a man of God who called you. It was... (laughs) I can't remember the guy's name, but he used to always get on the right. He had his little broadcast, and he'd say, if you look in the, be a, uh, 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 what kind of prophet was it? I can't remember what it was. But if you try to be a prophet, he said, you need to have, get, buy my DVDs. I got, I got a 12-set DVD, and once you buy that and you get this, you'll be able to perform. What? You mean all this time all I needed was a couple of discs? Just making money and folks still trying to figure out why they can't be delivered. Still living with the same demons, tormenting them. Folks that have nightmares and can't sleep well at night, tossing and turning. Young people, old people. Because they're falling for these false prophets. You know, the power comes from God. I don't care how anointed I am. No matter how much anointing an individual has, he cannot be greater than the Lord. It all comes from him. If some of us could be more spiritual minded, we stop elevating the man above God and start elevating God. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, huh? I'm gonna draw all men unto who? So if the pastor goes haywire and loses his natural mind, I'm still connected to the source. Man of God, leaving the church don't make or break me in my faith in God. Where a sister so-and-so, they witnessed to me and they brought me to church and, 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 and now look at them living that life. I can't believe. I don't know what. I'm so distraught. I'm leaving church. Denying the power thereof. I'm wrapping this up. I apologize. I know I'm going a little bit old. To hear what God is saying. This is a new year. This is 2017. 
And I don't want to take too much liberty. I know I need to stop. But this is 2017 and God is looking for folks that's going to be real about what they say they are. If you are a child of God, if you're a Christian, that means there's no more fornication. There's no more adultery. There's no more hatred. There's no more gossiping. There's no more backbiting. Huh? If you're a child of God, because the Bible lets me know, if any man be in Christ, he is a... Folks still trying to drag the world into the church and incorporate it. I'm a new creature, but you know, I just do it a different way now, y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's how I do it. I'm wearing the same hoodie. I'm still gangster, but I'm gangster for Jesus. I'm still strapping, but I strap my Bible. Foolishness. He didn't say bring the world and incorporate it because I need the junk that's in the world. He said come out from among them and be ye separate. Stop trying to fit in with the world because he's already called you out of the world. If he wanted you to be a part, he would have never called you out in the first place. I don't, you know what? I'm not even going to continue. I'm going to save this for next week. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you for every soul in this place, God. We pray, Lord, that everything that we have said today, God, that the seed of your word will be planted in our hearts, Lord Jesus, and we can be like David and say, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Be with us, O God. Bless the service. Bless the man of God and the word of God. Let your will be done today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.